I do. And I don't. Good day, mate. <laughs> Welcome to another beautiful Monday. Another episode of I Do and I Don't Show, which is uh, an episode where me and my co-host Kat go from pub to pub and tell you what are the best pubs around London town. Oh my God. <laughs> this is a pub crawl podcast. I do like this lager. I don't like that cider. No. That's not what this is. It's not. It's not. It's not. What? (laughs) Then what is it? This is an intimate relationship advice podcast. What's that all about? Well, if people have questions about their marriage or their long-term relationship or their dating. It's like if they're fucking, (laughs) then they want to know how the fuck good. Sometimes. Right. Sometimes. Right. All right. (laughs) I'll do it. Sometimes I feel like I'm on the Muppet Show when I'm here recording with you. I never really know what to expect. And, and th- for people that are just listening, I, I do wear a giant foam head, it's and uh, disturbing. It does look like I am a Muppet or some sort of a puppet. And then I, of course, as you heard, speak in a silly voice. So Kat gets very confused. <laughs> I get confused easily these days. Mm. She, she, the other day, remember when you showed up in a. a stuffed bear costume and you said i thought we were becoming stuffies and i said no you misunderstood i'm just a puppet man and you're like oh i just thought we could both play this this sort of game where we're both like animals dressed up and i said i was like no cat don't show up take off the costume and you're like i'm not wearing anything under it and then i was like okay leave it on it was a very awkward awkward uh, a very awkward classic uh, cat awkward moment (laughs) I showed up naked wearing a stuffed animal. I came here costume. in full gear. I thought oh, I thought we were stuffies. I really misread that situation. Uh, no, flurry, fluffies. What are they called? Plushies. Plushies. They're f- <laughs> furries. Furries. Is that what they are? <laughs> Again. She came dressed up as a McFlurry, and uh... <laughs> we are experts on nothing. <laughs> And we're going to help you figure out your lives. Thank you guys for your trust Please and faith in us. Please don't send us questions about being a McFlurry or a Flushy or a, fl- a, flushy. a Flushy. I'm a Flushy. <laughs> or a Plushy or whatever it is. Okay. Okay. God in heaven help us. So we have three questions from three different listeners. I haven't this heard week. them. I, Kat's heard them. She's uh, cares. And then she brings them to me and you'll see. You'll see what happens. You'll see. Kat fumbles around with all the research she did, and I just go, no, this is the way it is. And she's like, you're right. You are brilliant. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Question number one, then, on that note. How does a person understand and articulate how they need to be loved? If they haven't done this, what are the chances that someone will actually be able to love them in a way they recognize? How do each of you want to be loved? I love when they get specific into their own personal situations. This is quite esoteric, (laughs) don't you think? This one is like quite broad, but it was. So, are they articulating how they need to be loved to themselves or to another person? Well, this is it. Like, I I think you have to start with yourself first, right? Mm. And know how you need to be loved. I think you can compare this to, um, and probably more for women than for men, but orgasms, you know? (laughs) In a lot of ways, I feel like women need to sort of do some exploratory work yep. 
to determine what is it that I enjoy, you know. What feels good. What feels good. Pressure, less pressure, you know, pace, all these different things. And then bring themselves to that place of orgasm. So they're like, okay, I know where I am with this. And then they can kind of communicate that. Uh, Obviously not like, okay, now press harder with your tongue, you know. Slip a finger in, slip a finger in. I mean, you can absolutely communicate it in that fashion if you like to. Yeah, if you have a whiteboard, you can write down the steps, but... um, (laughs) Draw a diagram. (laughs) But you also just know where those feelings go and and can communicate through. I think that's a great analogy. Physical. uh, You have to get really solid at loving yourself first Mm -hmm. so that you can show other people the way. Yeah. And getting really solid at loving yourself... Involves buying like a variety of sizes of dildos and vibrators (laughs) so that when you are confronted by that cock, you can go, no, no, this is the size I need. And like bring out your favorite vibrator and be like, this is, do you know anyone with this dick? Do you know anyone with this dick? But I think like there is truth in finding different approaches in terms of knowing how you best need to be loved. Right. That's what I said. Uh Uh-huh. So I think, you know, examining your childhood is a good step? Oh, um, yeah. Like, like the first time you orgasmed when you were younger? <laughs> or... Or we're moving past that? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to take sex off the table for a little what? bit here. Just for a little bit. Just yeah, so, so you, what, you're, what you're saying, you have to look into... How were you loved as a child? How you were loved and, and maybe how you... What Did you, it work? Did it feel mm. good? Did it not feel good? Um, because the thing is, even if you can have an awareness as an adult that the way you were loved as a child wasn't good for you, there's part of you, a huge part of you that still recognize those patterns and those behaviors as love. So sometimes Mm. it will make you seek out relationships that are never going to be good for you because you're attaching this notion of love to these dynamics that are really toxic. So you have to be very aware of your family patterns, your own personal history, the way you were parented. Um, and then from there, you have to start really paying attention to, as Joel said, what does feel good, what feels good, what helps you feel the most yourself, the most connected, the most calm, the most creative. If you find yourself constantly in relationships where you become really fixated on what the other person's doing and thinking, that's a really good sign that you're in some codependency. Um, and the idea is to be really connected to yourself deeply and wholly first in order to find a relationship that's going to support you rather than consume you. Now, we talk about these things like how do you communicate or, or how, how you're, what is How do you understand and articulate how you need to be loved? How you need to be loved. So we, I feel like there's a, an implication there that you, Kat, need to be loved differently than me, Joel, needs to be loved. Or And I know we talk about love languages and we talk about these types of things, but are those... Is there a universal love? Well, there's the hierarchy of needs, which is like food, shelter, you know. Sure, but so can we find that in, in the sense of love? So we take love as a concept, and yes, maybe you like gift receiving gifts or and giving right. gifts. Well, I think, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I think that there are basics that everyone needs, like respect. I think everyone should be right. treated with respect. Right. Um, compassion and empathy probably yeah. should be universal. Someone to listen. 
Yeah. You need, uh, I mean, those are probably within that sort of thing. Mm, patience and trust should be universal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's these big concepts of like, like you could probably, or we should be able to, and I don't, I, I know I keep on saying I'm making, turning this into a religious podcast, but like the love is patient, love is kind thing. Like those are really great adjectives to describe what love can be. Yeah. And that's not, I, that's not the way I need to be loved. It's the way everyone needs to be loved. But I think, you know, I don't, I have no personal issue with you bringing your Christian background into No, this no, podcast. I just, I'd like to bring it up. It's yet another wonderful way in which we are completely opposite to one another. <laughs> but you know that, you know those. Yeah, of course I do. Um, those things. Uh, what is it? It's not the Beatitudes. That's the other thing. That's no, blessed it's the, it's, the, isn't it the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians? Yeah, I guess that's what, I just thought they, they should have a catchy title for it like the <laughs> what is love poem it's or something the, the the third most common reading in every wedding i've ever done right that so one. it's very popular <laughs> but it is they're good right and it is so yeah. those are like general but very like important ideas in what in, in describing what love is universally so it's not specific to a particular person and when you're talking about um determine how you were quote-unquote loved and it's in a sense we could say treated yeah as a child and how that informs your needs or how you kind of react in or, or what you look for healthy or unhealthy in love in in your kind of current life i would suggest this idea that is also like an old idea that i used to hear uh i learned which was when you're teaching somebody, and I don't know, a cashier or probably somebody that works at a bank or something, when you're teaching them to be able to point out counterfeit money, you don't show them tons of, t- tons of counterfeit money. You show them the real money. Mm. You go, this is what real money looks like. Memorize that. Show me the real money. And look for real money, right? Right, right. So when you're looking for love or you want to articulate how somebody should love you, I think you need to define love in those, like, love is patient, love is kind, you know. What does the real money look what like? What does the real money look like? And then... And that can be so hard if you've never seen real money. Like, if right. you've grown up with money that a lot of people would call real, but you think you would probably starve to death with that kind of currency... <laughs> You know, like yeah. each of us is going to have a very different idea about what real money so, is. So that, where do you find, that's a huge question. Where do you find what true love looks like? Mm-hmm. And again, I think it comes down to self, right? Like, I don't know about that. No, why not? Because you're still informed by only your experiences. And if you've never experienced the, like a healthy love then how can you define love ex- like based on your own experience? That's where you're running into those tr- problems. When we are talking about the real love, that's why you take those adjectives, which we can, I'm sure, all agree on. Yeah. You know, and we can say that they're broad, but they're not that broad, you know. Right, and okay. And you can, you can shine the light of whatever behaviors and circumstances up against those things and say, was that long suffering? <laughs> no, <laughs> and you'll know it. Kind, you'll know it wasn't was the that, money for sure. Yeah. So I think that's really what you need to do. You have to find the definition of love 
from an external source. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, if you're not doing the self-work, you're always going to accept like the counterfeit instead of the real money. Right. And okay, so and I was I will say that to your point of like going what have I accepted or what did I know to to be loved but wasn't? Mm-hmm. And and how do I move past that and and not define love that way for myself? And what Absolutely. do I truly value? Yeah. And I think articulating values is probably not unlike what you're describing in terms of defining what true money is or yeah. real money. Is. So I agree with that if that's what you're saying. I just don't agree with the idea of I'm going to figure out what true love is just by sitting there within myself and thinking about what that might be. Right. Because I feel like you need, especially if you haven't had that, to see it and and understand it somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, I think we're on the same page with that. You you do need, and that's part of that work. Yeah. Internal work is to go, well, maybe I've never experienced love. What would that be? Yeah. What, what would that look, look like? like? How is it described by centuries of poets and mm-hmm. writers and right. theologians and yeah. prophets and it's out there yeah but i do think you're right when you look to the models of div- divine love mm. when people are talking about love in terms of divinity and connection to a higher power that those are very pure in essence and there's not a lot of ego in there so i think right. that that's a really good starting point love is such an interesting thing because and and what leads me to believe, and I, we probably could agree on this idea too, whether or not we would be able to define where love comes from, but I, I don't believe, I believe it is a divine idea that we as human beings strive for. And is it feels that way because we so often fail at it, but yet we all seem to have a very strong understanding, like, in our beings of what that is. We want it. Yeah. So we're, we're striving for receiving and giving some of us more than others. Like there's people out there that love giving love. Like they live to love. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think you're one of those people. You're like a real like (laughs) love giver. You're like, I want to love and you want to get that back, but you really want to give it. Yeah. Mutually. And you know, but, but we all around you've you've experienced failed love yeah and you've failed at it yeah and everyone around you you go yeah they're failing at it they're failing at it yet there's this like pure idea of what it could be mm-hmm. inside yourself and that leads me to believe that this is a divine idea that we can't entirely reach no but it's a practice that we can yeah strive towards yeah. i'm 100 percent in agreement mm-hmm. with you on this yeah Let's turn this into a religious podcast. <laughs> I, I, I accept. <laughs> I do. Okay, so how do each of you want to be loved is the last part of that question. Oh, really? Well, I think of, I, I've already defined it in a, like, non-specific. I think they want specific. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first because I don't even know if I... So... I, <laughs> Lots of blowjobs? I don't know. What... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of on my list in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. I think, like, obviously the basics of patience and empathy and trust. Um, but I also want to be able to have, like, deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Having a lot of conversation is important to me. Yeah, communication. Communication is really critical to me. I can't really flourish in a relationship where the other person hates talking, for example. And I think w- if we go back to our 50th episode and the idea of, like, uh, communicating without any... Presump- 
presumption that there's an attack on yeah, the yeah. horizon. So everyone's kind of like in mellow mo- mode, just like coming from a place of love. Yeah. Um, I want love to unfurl slowly the next time. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I want it to be real. I don't want it to be like gangbusters. Build build connection. And, yeah, and, and trust and friendship. And, friendship yeah. is super important. I think I bypass that often in relationship. Um, and I want someone who is also committed to a very lively and connected, intimate relationship that is always going to be a space for creativity and exploration and play. Do you want to go on adventures? <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> no adventures for me. Huh, okay. I won't have it. You're not I, a lot, you're I, not like a lot of these girls on online dating. Anyway, just go on. I want someone who's committed to their own self development in whatever form that manifests for them. Like mm-hmm. maybe they're not into therapy, but maybe they love like physical development, or they've got like creative pursuits that they're. I want them to be engaged with themselves and actively working on themselves. Right. Committed to that idea of growing, and I want. Um, I want someone who's super supportive of my own personal efforts for my work and my self-development. And I I want someone who loves being in nature. So a real hippie. Okay. (laughs) I've written that And humor. Like humor is super important. Well, that's what I was going to say is like a a big one for me is laughter. Someone that like loves laughing. You know, I've, I've talked to people that... They're just like, oh, it's. I, I just don't laugh that much, or it's not easy to make me laugh. I'm like, I'm then I'm not interested. I can't understand that. Yeah. And I won't be able to live with that. And I can't, like, if someone's going to be offended by any joke, like, I can't do that because it's, I can't walk around on eggshells worrying, you know, I'm going to say, because I say a lot of stuff. I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed this about you. I'll try. I'll try the joke and yeah. see if it, see if it lands. Um, and consistency, I think is like very valuable and with consistency, that's where I think you can really lean in as far as trust goes. But if you don't have the consistency, then the trust kind of wavers. Mm -hmm. So, but of course, uh, someone that you're able to trust in every which way, but yeah, I think that's it. Pretty easy. (laughs) No problem. Why are we single? Um, okay. Let's see. Question number two. Oh, and a great ass. Did I mention a great ass? A great ass. We've already talked about what, what we want. What, remember that episode? We, a physical? What we want? <laughs> what, we want in a, what we want in a partner. Don't you remember that one? And no. I got to go back and listen I to it. I went that. on and on about it at the about, end Oh, of yeah, the that's right. And I had a few comments from people that they loved that, that they thought that was quite funny. Oh, you got to tell things. me this stuff right away. I need the ego boost. Oh, somebody that'll boost my ego. They commented on our post on Instagram, like Joel's oh. tirade at the end. And then they did like crying, laughing faces. Did I read that? I well, it's not that. my problem if you're not reading. But... <laughs> I didn't think I was allowed to. I'm not your keeper. It's posted for the entire I'm world teasing. to see. Yeah, I must have missed that or forgotten about it. Hmm. But I remember every insult I've ever received. <laughs> so do you think that if someone hasn't... <laughs> Sorry, I just like brushing past that. <laughs> if people someone, do that, don't they? Yep. If someone hasn't articulated how they need to be loved, do you think that they can find love? Well, be, if, if we're defining it uh, the way I sort of like went down that path of um, kind of the ultimate love, 
Mm-hmm. All right. So we're not talking about, I, lo- I want to be complimented every day. I want a big day. ass. I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I want somebody to pat, just make my ass bigger. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> fluff it up. <laughs> like some pillows. <laughs> I want an ass fluffer. Can you be my ass fluffer? Um, that's what I should put on my dating profile. Need ass fluffer. <laughs> I got to tell you, you get so many matches. My inbox will be yeah. full I'll fluff your all ass. winter. Yeah, I would love to fluff that <laughs> ass. Um, but yeah, if we're talking about like a big picture, um, broad strokes, but very important aspects of true love, then yes, I think that, and, and I know that that conflicts with the idea that no one will love you if you never don't love yourself. There could be somebody out there who sees the value in you as a human being because there's always going to be value there. And it's just this one person that, that knows how to love someone and maybe instinctively, maybe they were loved really well or maybe they have taken the time to think about it and they will give you like love in that big, beautiful sense. Hmm. It can happen. How um, nice would that be? It'd be nice. <laughs> now, of course, the accepting of that love yeah, because I might think be it, where it falls apart. The problem is, is if you're locked in a toxic attachment pattern, you're not even going to recognize them as attractive. Mm. You're going to be like, mm. Mm. "Wait, you didn't want to push me down the stairs?" Um, <laughs> there's no spark. Yeah, I don't think there's something here. You didn't hold a knife to my throat yet, so that shit is real, though. Actually, right? I mean, you're making very extreme examples, <laughs> but yeah, you have to relearn how to be attracted to people who are healthy and good for you. Right. So, so you, you may be offered that kind of love, yeah. but you have to be in a place that you can accept it. Yes. Question number two. Why not? What do you do if the one you love doesn't trust you for good reason? <laughs> After six years, shouldn't some Whoa, sort of... six years. Shouldn't some sort of trust be in place? I went out with another woman, and since then, it's been years of mistrust, jealousy, and false accusations. Well, (laughs) I fucked one other person one time, and she won't get over it. So, you know how you're always like, is there any more information? And then I say, no, I didn't follow up. This time I did. Oh, good. I didn't get much more information than what I just gave you, but Mm -hmm. I also know that there has been no attempt or no work done to try to heal this incident oh so he he did he went out with another girl we don't know if they slept together he would not answer okay so they probably slept together (laughs) well you can speculate i guess i love that there's a fellow listening to the podcast and sending us a question yeah yeah so i'm gonna guess that they may probably did sleep together and then was just like i'll never do it again maybe get over it and then, and then now, six year long relationship needs to just like move. By the way, we don't know when this happened in the six years. No, we don't. So we don't know if this has been five years of mistrust. Yeah, we because don't. within we the don't first year he, you know. I mean, regardless, if there has been, let's say, some sort of infidelity, and you've done zero work to actively heal that, there's not going to be any trust. <laughs> like right. You can't just go back into things and think it's going to be okay. So I guess the theory is that he has never done anything wrong since and he is uh, present in the relationship and he's been 
um, true to her? Is that, did you ask anything regarding that? Um, no. Okay. So let's just presume that that's the case. So we have to assume that that's the case. So in his mind, he's going, well, get over it. I'm being good. Like I'm, I'm, I care about you and you only, it was one mistake and I don't even want to do it again. It's like, that's it. So like, why can't you read my mind and know exactly what's going on in my phone and just assume the best just because I slept with one person once? Yeah, it's really hard to come back from that sort of thing. Yeah, but the, my point is, he, if he's not communicating those things and not like openly discussing that stuff and it's just all in his head, then yeah, of course, she's just going to be living in her own head. Yeah. So maybe it's time you guys both get out of your heads. Yeah, like I always, across the board, whenever there's infidelity, recommend therapy, couples therapy. For Start sure. talking with another person around. Yeah, because I think it's really important if you've been the person who has cheated on someone else for you to really be able to understand what that experience was like for the other person. For the cheated. Yeah, the one who was cheated on. It's really important that they have space that's safe and where you are kind of forced to sit and listen to mm-hmm. how that felt for them because I don't know how... I don't know how otherwise for people to take it seriously, you know, like mm-hmm. it's easy to sort of just dismiss someone else's feelings and then, you know, like f- carry on with life if you don't actually get to be accountable for right. what you did um, or didn't do or whatever. Uh, I think too, then you have to come up with a way of communicating around this because there's going to mm-hmm. be jealousy. There's going to be insecurity. And like, if you are choosing to stay in the relationship after a transgression has happened and you are committed to not having it happen again, there's, there's like, it's almost like penance, I guess, you know, you have to, you have to make amends. You have to be really clear in your intentions and your actions. Like every time this woman sees you commenting on another attractive woman's anything on the internet, Mm -hmm. she's going to wonder what's up. Right. I love your breasts. It was my mom, Janet. What's the big deal? My mom's breasts look great in that photo. That's what I, what I'm allowed. Was it, it wasn't my mom. Oh yeah. I put it on the wrong post. And you know, <laughs> like I will, I will say that women are remarkably intuitive when it comes to this kind of stuff as well. Right. So, and also, like, um, why not just say, "Hey, I'm not doing anything wrong these days for the last three years," and but I know you're still upset about it. How? What can I do mm-hmm. to ease your mind? Do you want me to call you from wherever I am? Do you want to? have access to my phone. I know you you don't suggest that in a relationship, but maybe because this has happened, maybe that's something that could be handy right. to prove. Like if she's insecure, what does she need to, and, and maybe that's not like for the rest of your life, you're going to feel this way, but maybe, or, or have to like um, live this particular uh, scenario. But maybe for a little bit, she needs that constant reassurance. Yeah. And she has not had that since you uh, went around behind her back, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> like, it's not like it's coming from absolute nowhere. That's the other thing, right? Yeah. Also, like, I don't know how she found out about this other person. Mm-hmm. Like, did you, were you straightforward and did you come and share with her what happened? Or did she discover it in a way right. that made her feel even more betrayed and like and who is this other girl like maybe you could just break up with your current girlfriend and go date her 
Maybe she's... Because uh, she'll never be worried about you cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's the, the exact thing. That's You never want to do that. That's just... Um, but yeah, I feel like that you're... This is a solved by communication. It's not solved by no, communication? No, it is. I'm, I'm saying this is solved exclusively... By communication, By yeah. the art of communication. And by being willing to, you know, maybe stretch beyond your comfort zone to create some ease and comfort for your partner... You do have to decide, though, like, what is what are you willing to do in order to help her build trust again? How does it feel if she wants to look at your phone? You mm-hmm. know, like, is that too invasive? Is that beyond your boundaries that you want to cross? You've right. got to be clear on that for yourself, too. Yeah. Is she going to be upset that you were sending dick pics to 18 other girls? And if you she are, might <laughs> she might be. If you are wholly trustworthy and you are deeply committed to this, like, what is the cost to you to spend all this time with someone who is so mistrustful? Is it worth it? After six years, I mean, it's going to be hard to let go of that cat. Six years of not being trusted by someone, though? like, Or yeah. not being able to trust? Can you imagine being in a relationship for six years? This is the, this is the whole thing. And, and we go back to this. Are, is this just question number two? Yeah. If we go back to question number one, like there's something missing there when it comes to the broader picture of love. You guys aren't loving each other very well. No. You know? Not in the way that God intended, that's for sure. Exactly. Like, are they being understanding? I feel like there's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of patience, empathy, mm-hmm. trust. Yep. Yep. Love is trusting. Love is... I don't think that's one of them. You know, like, maybe if you still both really want to be in this relationship, you need to, like, get some help with a therapist and then start with a cleaner slate. Yeah. Articulate for each of yourselves what you want the relationship to be like and work towards that. And or you could also like, does she know the person that you were unfaithful with? Maybe go find someone that like is obviously not a threat to her. You know, someone that's not as attractive as her and then bring her in and then have sit her down like this. You will basically have to hire this woman as an actress and you'll have this conversation where you're like, the sex was horrible. You know, you were, remember you were dry as a bone. She'll be like, yeah, I wasn't attracted to you. And it's like, I didn't even finish. This is the worst idea. (laughs) Like truly the worst. It was just so bad. And, and I feel like you didn't shower before the, I think that makes it worse. Like if someone cheats on you and they had terrible sex, like you think that makes it worse. I don't know. I I feel like I'd be like, Oh good. You you didn't enjoy any of that. Phew. I'm, I'm still the greatest. It's ego. I, I feel like it, it, it's it's one hundred percent ego. Is it? Oh yeah. Otherwise, we'd just all be like non-monogamous. If it wasn't ego, I think we maybe would even be all non-monogamous. Interesting. You might be right. Yeah, I, I feel like the ego is the one thing. It's like it's like they're mine. That there's a there's a possessive nature to it. And then it's like, I don't want you to be able to want anyone else. I want mm. you to just only want to want to want to be with me. Mm-hmm. And that's pure ego. Yeah, I guess. But that's the way we are. And I, I don't I don't think I could change. Silly hairless apes that we are. <laughs> Question number three. Silly Brazilian waxed apes that we are. <laughs> Silly, silly, Meanwhile, the completely bo- bald genital apes that we are. The bonobos are like freely living in a matriarchal polyamorous culture. Do you know this about bonobos? Oh, no. These women are just fucking all the guys, any guy they want. 
These are uh, primate species. Yeah. Yeah. And they're led by females and they all just have sex. All of them. Like, but who, like, is it the, the women are in charge? So they're like, I'll take John and Gabriel tonight. And yeah. With the angel names. That's nice. <laughs> Good job. I don't think John was an angel. No, name, was he, he was He was one of the The angel John. It's <laughs> the worst an angel name. The angel. Hi. Um, I'm the angel Chad. I'm John. John. John and Chad, the angels. <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> They're the angels in charge of body shots. The <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, last question. What? Fine. My boyfriend of a year has this ridiculous habit of not introducing me to people. If we're at a work meetup or at a family event he's brought me to, or if we bump into people on the street, he constantly forgets. I usually do it myself, but it feels like such a slight. I've talked to him about this before, and his typical response is, you know how I am, so feel free to introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you think this means he doesn't care about me? I think it means that he forgot your name. <laughs> like whenever I forget someone's name, I won't do the introduction. I'll just be like, oh, "Have you oh have you dated?" Oh, he forgot the other person's. No, name. he forgot his girlfriend's name. He's like, "This is um, <laughs> shit." Who I've been with ba for a year. Babes. This is babes. Um, <laughs> I just call her babes. I don't know if uh, actually I, I he may be like I one hundred percent like feel anxiety when I meet people because I, I will forget their names. Anyway, this is April. And, uh, and April, this is, um, <laughs> so I used to have a signal for this. What was that? Like, I just took a tit out. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say I would introduce my partner. I'd say like, this is Chris. And yeah. then I would squeeze Chris's arm, which mm -hmm. would tell Chris that I don't know who I'm introducing them to. And he'd be like, nice to meet you. What's your name? Chris. What a, what a trooper. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. I didn't, there was never a Chris, but yeah. Yeah, but that's a great system. So you know what maybe, just happened to me? I said there was never a Chris with such certainty, but then was legit like, wait, was there a Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure maybe there's a Chris cat, but just not close enough to grab his arm and that kind of situation. Maybe you, you've had a Chris or two, but... <laughs> I have never had a Chris, I don't think. I've had a Christian, but not a Chris. Mm. Just the faith or somebody <laughs> named? No, I'm going to backpedal from this whole... Anyway, yeah, I've work a Christian, out a I've signal. I've had a Satanist. Um, I ha I've had a Wiccan. <laughs> I definitely... Never mind. Um, <laughs> You've definitely had a Satanist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was horny I do, if he catch I deflowered a Satanist. What? <laughs> I knew Satanists were virgins. That makes sense. He was a Satanist virgin and I deflowered him. Uh, the devil rule. I love <laughs> Lucifer. You, you don't want to sleep with me? You don't? Oh. oh, I'm crying. Let's see if this... <laughs> let's see if this burlesque... Uh, talk... This was well before my burlesque days. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, as a teenager. Now, was this Satanist... <laughs> like, was this like... I was a teenage Satanist deflower. <laughs> was he like... A, was he like... Did he dress like... You would, you could see he was Satanist. He dressed like Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> like he used to wear velvet top coats and top hats and had a walking stick and long black hair. My parents loved him. <laughs> you brought him home? <laughs> of course I did. So this is, this was a relationship. Well, it was short lived, but yeah. He but he was, was a nice guy. He was my Satanist boyfriend for a time. <sighs> you know, Satanism isn't a real thing. 
like what did he think his Satanism was? Um, that he was worshiping the devil. He worshiped the devil and <laughs> he legitimately thought there is a devil. Yeah. There is a God. Yeah. I'm choosing I'm that gonna side. I'm going to choose the side that like prophetically well, I think loses. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Satanists, but I think that in the satanic path, it's really more like paganism. And they feel like the fire and brimstone thing isn't really, they think that that's like what Christianity invented, mm. but that the devil was in fact more a representation of like the earth and the earthiness of people and the base desires of humanity. Okay, then why take an idea that is, I would, I feel like, the de- idea of the devil is predominantly a religious idea. Mm-hmm. And then just like use that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Imagery. Why? Why? Why bother? I don't know. I guess it's like a subversive thing. But Joel, as much as you'd like it to be, this is not a religious podcast. No, no. but this modern Satanism. <laughs> we need to work around this issue. <laughs> no, we don't. And back, our, back ourselves back we into do not. introducing. Our modern Satanism <laughs> these days is really just an atheist, uh, a group of atheists that are trying to dismantle the like religious, especially, I, I guess, Satanists in the United States. They take religious... Um, Thing like thing, for instance, they had the Ten Commandments on some uh, the front of some town hall or something like that, Mm -hmm. and the Satanist said, "Okay, if you're going to have a religious uh, monument in on a public piece of property, then we're going to put our religious monument there." And they had like a big demon um, (laughs) (laughs) statue that they went and put there, and they're like, "You can't do this." It's like, "Well, you better remove the other religious thing, and we'll remove our religious thing." So they're just there to dismantle religion. Religion, yeah. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Well, I think that's. Meanwhile, how do we get this girl to get her <laughs> a boyfriend? A teenager to... maybe doesn't understand Satanism the same way, but it's, anyway, it's so possible. you. It's uh, possible. <laughs> how how do we get this girl to get her boyfriend to introduce? Anyway, her? he you you gave him his first hot magma lava hell lava come shot. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't his first, but well, perhaps with another person yeah. involved. Okay, sorry. What was the question? Um, she can't get her boyfriend to introduce her to people. He always is not doing it. He forgets all the time. Mm, he's what a Beelzebub he is. <laughs> she wants to know if it she means, wants to know he, doesn't if it means care. he doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that <laughs> means he doesn't care. Like, this is so stupid. He doesn't care. First of all, like it's of a year. Yeah. He might not be convinced that you're his girlfriend. Interesting. So he might not know this is... Why is he bringing her to family events then? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. This is my friend, April. <laughs> uh, girlfriend? Um, but you don't She's even my have, business associate. Yeah. You don't have to say the name, the type of relationship. You can go like, this is April. You but know. he's not even doing that. He's not doing... No. And she's talked to him about and it. And he goes, you times. know how I am. Yeah. So that means he doesn't, he's not going to change. He doesn't introduce people. Yeah. Maybe it's like a social anxiety thing. It doesn't matter. He doesn't do it. He doesn't like it. There's no, it doesn't matter why. He. Do, it's not that he doesn't care. Okay. So he must line. care, uh, probably. He must care about you to an extent. <laughs> I mean, let's say this. He cares he about you somewhat. He doesn't care enough about you to listen to your concern and then just do it. He doesn't care about invitations. I mean... <laughs> no, no, it's not, not that cat. <laughs> Introductions. Introduction. 
It's not just that he doesn't care about introductions. He doesn't care enough that you want to be introduced. Yeah. So he, he doesn't, doesn't care, he doesn't about, care about, your about what feelings you want <laughs> and what you want. That's that. That's what he doesn't care about. He, he doesn't care about remembering the simple request that is part of basic social interaction. Yeah. And he's not going to change for you. No. And by the way, I think that's great. <laughs> because now you know he doesn't care enough to change, no. which he shouldn't change. You know my feelings about that. Yeah, people should never change. People shouldn't change. So if he's... <laughs> no, they shouldn't try to adjust. It's like, oh, man, I had to fucking introduce this girl to people for the last 10 years. I'm not doing it anymore. And then, you know, one day he's going to stop introducing you. So you can have it now and get over it and be with him anyway. Or, or you can wait till he's sick and tired and doesn't have the time and energy. And so he doesn't introduce you later when you're married. Take your pick. <laughs> or just leave and find someone that loves introducing people, which they do exist. Yeah. A lot of people are really excited to introduce their partners to other people. Mm-hmm. Like they can't wait even. They're like, hey, oh, this is so-and-so. This is this awesome this human who I've been spending oh, my time with. I love this chick. April. April, come over here. Come on. I want you to meet my uncle Roger. This is April. She's my girlfriend. And then they can say something like, we've heard so much about you. Because they probably will have heard something about you. Oh, yeah, I won't shut up about you, April. And you'll be like, I feel like I'm on the hot seat. I wish I was dating someone that didn't introduce me all the time. Who didn't care about me. Who didn't care about my feelings. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, if he's... You're right. He's not going to change. So you got to decide how important it is to you to be introduced by him in Mm -hmm. public settings. Yeah. And, And I think you should also take note... That he is not. And I, I, I was being a bit facetious there. Just because he says, you know how I am. I don't like to do these introductions. Feel free to jump in there like your own person. I don't want to babysit you. I don't want to be the one that has to go. And this is, come here, sweetie. And this is April. Yeah. Do you think that's reasonable? To want that? To not want to introduce someone? To just not be like somebody who, like, I, I got to tell you, I think in like i've i've had that struggle <laughs> where i've been with somebody i've had some and and even like if it's non-related like if you and i were like somewhere mm-hmm. i do i wouldn't necessarily be like and this is ca- like introductions are aw- awkward and weird to me for some reason okay so like i would be like so much happier if you were like, hi, I'm Kat, you know. Which I would. Whatever, yeah. Because <laughs> you are you can just do that. Yeah. Like, I think, I don't think it's, so what are you asking me is unreasonable? Not wanting to? Well, it just or, sounded like you could really relate to his position as the guy who doesn't want to make introductions. Yeah, so. like, I, I would be like, why, just do it yourself. Like, what, you're not four. Right. Like, this is my daughter, Jane. Jane. Uh, Jane, come say hi to you know, like you don't. You're a fully grown. Do you want to get into the conversation? You, like, it's like this people that you know. You didn't involve me in the conversation at all. You guys were just talking about Mario Kart, and I don't know anything about that. Why don't you? Well, I'm not going to hold your hand, right? But like, if you're walking down the street together, and someone comes up to you, and and it's your friend, yeah, right? You're walking down the street with your girlfriend, yeah, hypothetically. You run into a friend of yours who hasn't met her yet. Mm -hmm. You chat. Mm-hmm. And don't introduce your girlfriend. It could happen. Okay. Because you know it's like, hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, did you um, talk to Carol the other day? Because she was telling me that blah blah. Oh yeah, really? Okay, that's. And then you all of a sudden in a conversation, like 
I don't know. Yes, I sh- I'm sure some conversations start with, hey, hi, how are you? Pretty good. Me too. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, this is, uh, you know, like, it's not always that easy to just be like, I know it seems so stupid it, to it, say. Like, it really does because I don't, if I run into someone and I'm with someone else, I almost immediately am like, hey, this is so-and-so. Yeah, crazy. And then the conversation can happen. Yeah. I, I, I am... And I think as women, we're probably more sensitive to not being introduced because I think we feel looked over often. Mm. So, guys, introduce your girlfriends. <laughs> it's a tough call. <laughs> oh my god, this is a whole thing I didn't know. I would so. say, I would say, like you know, if if I were the guy and and I was asked by my girlfriend to make an effort to introduce her to people, I would. Probably, if I cared about her enough, try. try. But at the same time, you'd probably be like a dick about it, though. Too, you'd be like, "I don't think I'd this be- is April." Are we all happy to meet April? Yeah, do we all know her name, April? Have you seen her? <laughs> I probably want to do that, but I, I, I feel like I would be so much more excited and so much more like into the girl who would put herself out there. And I've been in that situation where mm-hmm. I've been with somebody who just was like, like just um, that kind of personality outgoing yeah, and takes a lot of pressure off me and a lot of like, you know, I don't have to think about it. And she's just exists in her own, you know, personhood where she doesn't need me to, do something to, to validate her existence right. with an introduction. Exactly. Like she, that's she's a really good perspective. Just there. Hey, how's it going? Hi, I'm I'm uh, April. So uh, I'm not Joel's possession, so therefore I can yeah, introduce I, myself. I'm April. What, what, how do you guys know each other? Like something like that. Mm. Like isn't that crazy? Be like, oh well, we we work together, and then it's just like we can get through the conversation. Sometimes that that other person can like be my hero because I don't want to talk to this person because half the time I don't want to meet people randomly out on the street. This has been an eye-opening conversation for me. <laughs> Just mainly about the Satanism? No, no. <laughs> no, it didn't really occur to me that people legitimately struggled with introducing other people. It's a weird, it's a weird little anxious moment. Mm. It's like answering the phone when you don't know who's calling, you know, like... Yeah, like, Why is that uncomfortable? I don't know. Well, usually because it's a telemarketer with a scary robot voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> but it's like, I, oh, who's calling? Or like, oh, great, I have to call and ask a question to this place, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's these are weird social anxieties, but they do exist. So he doesn't want to do it. You have your choices you can make. Yeah. He's got to find someone outgoing that will introduce themselves happily, and you've got to find someone who you can hide behind who will introduce you for them. So you guys are incompatible. And if you have questions that maybe will lead to us telling you that you're incompatible, please send them to I do and I don't show at gmail.com or Facebook or Instagram at I do and I don't show. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your people mm. and send us a rating. Hmm. And maybe even write us a review. Hmm. Uh, definitely do that. And we, will, we would appreciate it. We'll love you forever. And that's the one true love. We'll love you with, the, with God's love. <laughs> Did I say it before you were able to yes, say it? Yes, you stole it. <laughs> okay. And the, the last thing that I uh, want to say is, hey, guys, don't forget to pray. <laughs> <laughs>